0: Welcome back everybody. We're gonna be doing a little introduction on the podcast that we just did with Lisa Farr from Map It Forward. Noah, how'd you think it go? I think it was went. amazing. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah.
1: I think there was a lot of topic that we spoke about and we kinda of introduced Map It Forward event mm-hmm. in Sydney and in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. We truly mapped it forward.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's a big, it's a big project. We this is probably the biggest project we've done, uh, and it's been in the plans for the last four, or five months, and it's finally coming together. We're approaching the last two weeks. We decided to do it in two cities, uh, so we'll be doing it in Sydney and in Melbourne. Three days each. Three days each, plus the four, party. Plus the party. <laughs> yep. Uh, so it's 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 a huge event. Uh, we go through everything from why it's why it's necessary, why we wanted to collaborate on the on the project. Uh, Lee goes through uh, struggles that baristas have in today's day and age, uh, cafe owners, and why there's such a huge employee turnover, and how we need to communicate to our workforce, and how we need to set up proper systems and structure to ensure that everyone's communicating properly and everyone's leading towards the same direction. So I thought it was, I thought we we touched on a lot of important topics, uh, sometimes a bit off topic, but usually on topic. Yeah. Uh, and I think yeah, generally it was it was pretty good
1: i think i think there's uh it's kind of a very good summary of the whole thing yeah and if you listen to it it's just gonna help you to understand what we're trying to achieve and uh the career progression that we're trying to highlight and as a career oh, sorry as an industry as a whole we really need to, need to be part of this yeah
0: so basically map afford is a set of courses to help uh professionals within the coffee industry or aspiring professionals to develop a successful career in coffee
1: i think we should finish this so up by saying conspiring on uh, each other's success
0: conspiring to each other's success.
1: success yeah i like that and enjoy the episode i know bye
2: Yeah, have you have, have you listened to many of them?
1: Not too many, no. Well,
2: do, fuck do, you very do, much do. as well. Oh, hey! <laughs> <laughs>
1: Look, at I man, I can't even listen to myself sometimes in the mirror. Yeah. Oh, I never <laughs> listen to my
2: own podcast. How narcissistic do you think <laughs> I am? Jesus. you don't. You don't. After? I don't listen. No, I don't listen Once back to my up, own podcast.
1: Yeah, no, we don't actually. No, I what do yeah, because you I have, fucking have to edit. listen to it twice, <laughs> or three times. Twice.
2: Just more do you? <laughs> you should listen to other people's podcasts too. I do. Do you listen to my podcasts?
1: I've
0: listened to a few. Okay,
2: I listened to a few. He
0: did.
1: I was there.
2: (laughs) That's how you listen (laughs) to them, right? Okay. (laughs)
1: Okay. It's pretty hot in here.
2: Uh, No fucking shit. Yeah, it is.
1: All right. Should Uh, I do a welcome? Yeah. yeah. Ready? Mm.
0: Okay.
1: I think we should put the whole thing included.
2: Yeah, I think we should definitely put the whole thing. No, you can do welcome. People think I'm crazy. So that's fine. Do you want to
1: welcome everyone?
0: (laughs) Oh, Welcome. All right, let's
2: welcome everyone. Welcome, Welcome,
0: everyone. The people to our podcast, Yay, so welcome, welcome. everybody <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: to our next
0: podcast. I'm here with Noah Adra and Hi. Lisa Far.
3: Hi. Hey
0: guys. Hey. And today we'll be talking about Ugandan Map it forward and Ugandan coffee, right? What are we no, drinking no, no, here? No, no. This is a,
2: a Ugandan <sighs> coffee from Steady State Roasters in mm. Carlsbad that I was uh, that was actually gifted to Noah by Elliot Reneki mm. because these guys are pals now.
1: Mm, Amazing! So. Oh yeah, they're yeah. doing Friend. something similar to us. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're on the yeah.
3: podcast
2: on my podcast. Oh, together. that's right. I yeah.
1: see. Yep. Open up, a collective. Yeah. A collective in mm. where is
0: it?
2: In Carlsbad, Carlsbad, Carlsbad. California.
0: Carlsbad, California. California.
2: Yeah. Mm. Cool.
0: So while we're drinking the Ugandan coffee
1: from Carlsbad, which is California, which is actually really good, <laughs> it is delicious. Yeah, I've never had a Ugandan. Delicious. It's natural.
2: It's the Sippy Falls from Uganda, which is. Uh, Elliot was describing it to me it because this tastes quite like a Kenyan and it's on the border of Uganda and Kenya Thank so <coughs> that's why it tastes so much like a Kenyan.
0: incredible yeah must be good so um, yeah. so nice let's cool. let's go map of I think so right? yeah so we're we're hosting uh, map of Ford in Sydney and in Melbourne um maybe lee would you like to explain to us what the courses are about and then we sort of talk about the trajectory of how we how we got to this point in time
2: yeah well thanks for having me first of all oh, well, thank you for and, coming, and thanks for having map forward and noah thank you for for having the foresight to see what the industry he needed and reaching out to me and saying hey listen so everyone's talking about career stuff and we want to give the community what they want and i think that that's that's the real core of what Collective Roasting Solutions is starting to present to the world as what they're about. This is, we're all about the community, and I was so fucking impressed by that. Um, and easily, if there was anybody else in the industry had have asked me to do this, I would have said no. You're the only person that could have asked me, and I would have said yes, only because. I didn't know that we were ready to do something like this and if you're asking me, then I know that you can deliver on what you say you can deliver. Uh, and I, hope, I hope we did.
1: <clears throat> no, we didn't. No.
2: You guys have been... <laughs> <laughs> I hope we all can fucking yeah, deliver. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I think we all need to deliver here. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a real testament to the fact that none of us have ever done anything like this before. And uh we're trying to put on the best event that we know how to and go above and beyond anything that we've ever seen a first event do. Mm -hmm. And um I think I think we're all on the way. We're really excited and it's been such a pleasure dealing with both of you. It's been stressful at times for all of us. Um, but again, none of us have done anything like this before and Mm. You know, Mapper Forward is uh, is it runs on this philosophy of conspiring to each other's success, yep. and I think this is the perfect example of that. You know, uh, uh, Collective Roasting Solutions is conspiring to the community's success, and and us that's what we're doing as well. And so, so us two conspiring to each other's success with this is is just a marriage made in heaven. And yeah. so, I'm so excited, and all the speakers are super excited, and. It's just going to be a load of fun.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to target a lot of topics that nobody has spoke about it before and uh, yeah. really elaborate a lot on it. And hopefully we get uh, the message out there, Yeah, I think.
2: Why did you want to do this? And It's not my podcast. It is. Is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. It sounds like it is. <laughs> no, no, Dude, no, no. you just got just, on
1: it.
0: Just quickly before we get on that, just for the people who don't know, maybe yeah. in a couple sentences explain um, the, what the courses are about. Like what, what are you yeah. trying to deliver with these courses? Yeah,
2: so... Uh, This is about career and business development in the Australian coffee industry and the people that we're targeting with this, uh, the information we're presenting is for people who are currently in the coffee industry or looking to get into the coffee industry uh, as either cafe owners, roasters, baristas, um, innovators in any way, anyone who wants to pivot from where they are into other things and... The way that we've structured the whole thing is so that if you're a coffee professional, you should come to the whole thing. Mm. You should you should come to all three days because it will give you an oversight of how the whole industry around around cafe mm. ownership, roasting and baristaing is going to move forward. Mm. And we're addressing some really interesting things that have never been spoken about in the industry. So uh, our speakers have been tasked with talking about the coffee industry from a perspective that has never been spoken about before. So, Jared Truby is going to be talking about, specifically on all three days, he'll be talking about culture and leadership. Uh, our, our, after that, we'll have on the cafe owner's day, Al Keating will be talking about strategy uh, around, you know, ha- what's the strategy behind how you put your cafe together? Which is huge, like for anyone who knows Coffee Supreme and the brand. Yeah, it's crazy. Having that kind of insight into the strategy behind how you put your cafe together is it's awesome. Probably Internationally as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and on the Roasters Day, the strategy session is with Scott Rayo. And Scott's going to be specifically talking about the do's and don'ts of being a roaster and having a roastery and how to approach a roasting business. which is awesome Scott's also joining me for the first session that day in mapping a career as a roaster and mapping a business as a roaster Mm. Um, and we'll talk about all the aspects around that and on the third day for baristas the strategy session is being led by actually that is Matt Perger in conversation with Jared Truby about competition strategy Uh, So that's a strategy session there. And then the third session on each of the days is an accounting session with Nadir Elias and he's going to be talking about financial health on day one, uh, financial health in the cafe and how to understand what financial health means, how to assess your financial health and where to go if you want to get financially healthy Uh, and what are the the key indicators in your business that teach you whether you're financially healthy or whether you're suffering, and what are some options that are available after that. On the roasters' day, he'll be doing (coughs) the same thing but for roasters or the roastery. And on the third day, we'll be be unpacking how a cost of goods analysis works for all the products in a cafe so that we can give baristas an insight into how the products they deal with are being structured structured and how they can contribute to improving revenue and how they actually contribute to increasing a waste how, how they can actually how because a barista approaches their job yep. can actually cost the business a lot more money Yep, and and that you know it's that that's the perfect example of why cafe owners should come to all three days Yep. It's a perfect example of why a barista should come to all three days and a rosa should come to all three days. And then in the afternoon, um, we have the the first session is Jared Truby and myself in discussion with the whole audience. Uh, on the first day, the discussion is... Uh, you can do it. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's buying to each other's success? Uh, oh, that's it is. Panel, yeah. No, that's the panel that's discussion. That's the panel discussion. Um, I should know this by now. On the second right. day, is We're all fried. It's I know. All We're all fried. Yeah, look, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, the second day is being not a man in coffee. Yep. On the roaster's day. And that's a discussion around, well, how can we work together to create a more harmonious work environment, irrespective of gender, irrespective of minority? Mm-hmm. Um, and on the third day, it is... What are the problems being faced by baristas today?
3: Awesome. The the damn,
2: challenges. I need to f- remember what the uh, first well, one we is. We can pull it up. No yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. He's got it right there. But, and the, um, what is it? If we have a look at, at the... Uh,
0: I think while you look that, I think that the amazing thing about... Oh, that's why. There yeah. isn't one on the first day. Sorry, <laughs> it's all good. It's all
2: good. There isn't. There isn't one. Oh, there we go. Know. Trick That's question. Like, well, <laughs> Trick question. What was that? No, this is the first one? day. There isn't. <laughs> we, we don't have time because the first day starts <laughs> later than normal. But then, what time the first day starts? First day starts at midday, so it starts with lunch, uh, and then um, and then we go off into the evening because we wanted to give cafe owners. It being such a busy day, we wanted to give cafe owners the opportunity the morning, to stay yeah. at, at home. Yep. I mean, at in home. their cafe. Uh, <laughs> surfing. Um,
1: uh, no, yeah. uh, so <laughs> actually working. Yes.
2: But then after the, the audience discussion, then we have the panel discussions. And so we've invited a sea of industry professionals in Sydney and in Melbourne to take part in the panel discussions. And on the cafe owners day, the panel discussion is, can we conspire to each other's success? Mm-hmm. Uh, the day after that is, are we running out of coffee? And the day after that is what will the coffee industry, what will specialty coffee, in air quotes, look like in 15 years? Mm, um, yeah. Now, the other thing that we've left off is the very first session of each day and that's me. Uh, and on the first day, it's actually myself and Noah, and we are presenting the map. And so this is the are thing we? that... yeah, no, yeah. Just, <laughs> we, we fucking worked on it for a couple of hours yesterday, so yeah, we are. <laughs> oh, yeah, did. Um, so we're presenting the map for cafe owners. It's a, it's a in air quotes, 10-year map, but um, some cafes will go for 10 years and some won't, but it, it's an elastic band to that one so that it just goes for however long it is. But there's three sections and it's really, really well put out. Thanks to Noah, he contributed so much content to that. Um thank you. Man. Thank you. Thank you for saying thank you. <laughs> uh, let's get off that loop. Um, and the second day is Scott Rayo with myself on um, the map for roasters and business owners with a roasting brand. And the third day is the barista map, and I'm doing that one on my own. Um, so that's the content for all three days. And um actually there's one that I missed in Sydney. Instead of, the, instead of the Matt Perger one, because Matt's gonna only be doing Melbourne, we've actually got a psychologist coming in for the strategy session on the barista day. And that's Jamie Berry, he's a neuropsychologist. He's one of the leading neuropsychologists in Australia. And he's going to be talking about mindset in the workplace mm. and how we can, and he keeps telling me, you're not gonna believe the content that I've got for these guys. Mm. So he won't tell me about it. He says that it's been – he's my favourite human to have conversations with. We have roughly four to six-hour conversations once a week and he says that the content was drawn from the conversations that he's had with me. So mm. I'm equal parts excited and shit terrified about what he's going to tell you all <laughs> about what I've said about he's me. He's going to judge you, man. <laughs> But it should be really interesting. He is ridiculously smart and so observant of the way that genders can work together and have a balanced approach to to creating a harmonious workplace, as well as how can we self observe and, and have a really healthy mindset. We work in quite an aggressive mindset kind of environment. You yeah. know, we've got things coming at us all the time.
0: Pressure, high stress.
2: Yeah, and so how do we manage that mindset? And how can we take that and thrive in that environment? So that's important to us as Mapper Forward, that we're teaching people how to have great mental health, how to assess their mental health, and what they can do to come back to centre while still being bent over at the coffee machine.
0: I I think it's fantastic. I think there's sometimes when you're trying to find knowledge on industries and on careers and you're looking in the internet or you're looking at other books a lot of this stuff is very theoretical yeah. it, it looks nice on a piece of paper but then when you apply it to real life it's not very practical and yeah. it, it, may, it may not apply to the to that um sort of time and place and community what i love about what you're doing now is you're literally getting people who have been there done that they're still involved in the coffee industry they've 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 gone through all the steps to get to where they are in their success and now they're telling you the, the to-dos, the, 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 the barriers, the, you know, what you should watch out for, which skills you should obtain, what, what are the shortcuts, what are, what are the easiest ways mm-hmm. um, to obtain what you want to obtain and how can you do it successfully and I think for me that's the most attractive part of this whole event, the fact that you're getting some of the leaders of the coffee industry to give their advice on what they think is practical for you to apply.
2: Yeah, thanks. And for us this was um, a really strategic selection of speakers for a lot of reasons. We wanted to make sure that we chose people who could not only speak to their successes and failures. But people who have done things differently than the way most people have done them. And that's really important to me. I want to make sure that with Mapper Forward we find the people with the highest levels of integrity but are able to speak to the audience that's in front of them. And, And one of the agendas for me, having been someone that came up, like the Australian coffee industry raised me as a coffee professional. Sure, I'm a coffee professional in America now, but I am a success story from the Australian coffee industry. And... There is are some things that were incredibly difficult for me that still exist and I think that they need to be addressed because they don't really get spoken about. Yeah. And I um, wanted to... Every year, I'm hoping we... We have a successful year, and this is something that becomes an annual event. And we'd never do it with anyone but CRS. Thank you. Um, and, and vice versa. Thank you. <laughs> There's actually no one else that's in the I world had, that's, that's doing it. But we appreciate the session, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, man. Thank <laughs> you, man. <laughs> um, how you doing? <laughs> bit so, how you doing? <laughs> so, so the. You know, the big thing that I wanted to address with this was that we do exist in a very male-dominated machismo industry and I think that there are a lot of reasons why that's great and I think that there's a lot of reasons why we could improve on that. And, uh, you know, people have been saying to me, why did you only choose mostly men for the speakers? Um, And, look, I I do want to address that. They They were all chosen specifically for one reason. These are men who are incredibly focused on creating a balanced workplace with regards to gender and race and the reason I wanted to have these people on the panel is because they can not only speak to that through theory and because it's it's cool to speak about that right now these are people who actively implement this as a part of their culture in their Mm. workplace and we could use a lot of that here uh, in Australia and I wanted not only men who were advocating for it, but men who could demonstrate how you go about doing that.
1: Yeah, they got a case study, right?
2: Right. And so it won't be like this every year, uh, but this was an important way that I wanted to kick off um, our relationship with the Australian coffee industry. Mm -hmm. And I'm not making any apologies about that. My job is wherever we take Mapper Forward around the world is to be that person who doesn't hide behind the things people don't want to talk about. My job is to make sure that we take the shit that no one wants to talk about, put it front and centre and, hey, let's talk about it yeah. respectfully. Yeah. Let's be really clear on the fact that there's nothing that can't be fixed uh, and we have to do it in a way that is conspiring to everybody's success.
1: Well, everybody needs to be part of it, I mean, regardless who they are. and But they need to have... Not just because they're part of a group, but they need to have the skills and ability to, yep. you know, to, to show that, you know, they, they did it all and this is yep. why we chose them and they are role models yep. and how they can help us to move forward and to change the way we think as well.
2: Yeah. And I think people will be really surprised to know that these kinds of um, gender imbalances with regards to the coffee industry are really a lot less pronounced in America. A lot less pronounced in America, and it, Jared's going to speak a lot about that with the way that they've put the cat and cloud team together. You know, their their leadership team is fifty percent women, and their uh, their barista team and their roaster te- their roasters are all women.
1: Yeah, right. Awesome.
2: The guy who packs they have uh, one of the guys that works in the roastery uh, packs everything, but other than that, it's all women. And most of their baristas, 70% are women.
3: Mm.
2: And they're fucking crashing. And so I think the reason for that is that you have have more women owning businesses over there, but you also have people that have come into the industry at a time when gender balance is becoming really topical. Mm -hmm. And whereas most of the people who are owning the best businesses here in Australia, we all got into it 15 years ago, mm. you know, and, and it wasn't as topical as it is right now. And so I think that we just it, – it's just literally a change in view, you know, and, and I think – and I genuinely believe that we're in the situation that we're in right now not because men want to fuck women up. It's not about that. I just think that no one's kind of shown people or as many people as we should – um, how to how to progress a business with balance, and what value that will add to a roastery. And I'll, look, in fairness, Noah and I were talking about this uh, the other day, weren't we? When we were saying that, you know, he would love to hire more women, but they're just not asking for jobs. Mm. And and what what my job is, is to show women how to be assertive is to show them where the gaps are in their communication skills, which is a lot of what Jamie's going to talk about, and teach them how not just to have the balls to enter into the industry, but how to progress through the industry without saying, this is too hard, I hate all the aggression that happens, I don't like the intimidation factor, and I'm going to peace out. Hmm. Because that's what we're seeing a lot of. Women are coming into the industry and they're just, they just... They don't want to deal with all the testosterone.
1: Yeah. Well, I, th- I think i mean to add to this there's not they, they don't know what the career they have right because they only see themselves as baristas right. and they're not seeing themselves so maximum cafe manager mm. right but then that's it right they're not seeing exactly. themselves like oh we, we can be roasters or we can be green coffee buyers or we can be yeah. working for an export or an import company within the coffee industry you know so
2: and that, look that will change as mapper forward gets older like can you imagine what <coughs> what our industry is going to be like in 10 years from now when we've started giving this information to people and encouraging them and and pushing them forward and saying hey listen you know you being a roaster isn't the only other thing that you can do yeah. you can you can become a green buyer you can become an innovator you can become a coffee writer you can become someone in, in coffee tech like release an mm. app you can become um, go into admin you can go into logistics you can into go operations to farms. You you can, can, it can yep.
1: be an agronomy I mean absolutely yeah. who knows where yeah. you're gonna yeah. be you
2: know it, and, and this is our role. Yeah. So we're, we're sitting here saying, look, it's important for you to start as a barista. It's the entry-level thing. I have, in my whole career, I was a barista. I realised like, the amount of people that tried to throw money at me to open my own cafe, and I knew I didn't want to do that. I was having a music career. I loved being in coffee, and I knew that if I was going to open a cafe, I wouldn't be able to do music again, and I'd never be on the machine. Mm. And for me, that was the thing I liked about coffee. I, I, I was in the cafe because I loved the customer interaction. It was a real challenge for me to turn somebody's day into something really happy. Mm. And being a cafe owner is anything but that. You know, you rarely get. You know.
1: Yeah. You I ne- mean, they do, You have your own stress, I guess. Yeah, right? it's
2: a whole different. You yeah. know, it's the bookwork, it's the cash flow analysis, it's the, it's the staff, chef. it's the chef, it's. The yeah, it's <laughs> but, it's, but it's everything, you know, and so, yeah. um, you know, I just want to show people that, hey, you know, you can be a barista and be an entrepreneur and learn how to do that and get into business for yourself and there's nothing you can't do, but a lot of people don't know what's open to them. And I mean, the I, was,
1: I was in one of the lectures and there, there was, um, I think the Korean guy, Sang Ho, his name, he was... Which lecture was he? Sang Ho Park, I think. And he was talking about sensory science. That uh, he studied mm-hmm. sensory science mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. UK. I'm yeah. like, wow, you can actually do yeah. that. There's yeah, 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 there's yeah, a yeah. science about yeah. flavors, and, and yeah, you man. can go to university and have yeah. a degree. Yeah,
2: and Flavorists. probably
1: flavors, something. Yeah, and, and you could work. <coughs> what a sick
2: business card that would be. Yeah, I mean, Flavorist. you
1: could you can work in in, in one of the biggest there's coffee a, companies. A and, and
0: what she does is she purchases big companies that sort of produce lollies or they might yeah. produce this sort of stuff and she'll look at their portfolio and she'll see what sort of flavors they're missing in their portfolio that could meet the market in today's day yeah. and age, what sort of candy they can put up, chips, stuff like, like
1: that. Like sour, sour candies. They, they have like yeah. an age group. So when they do an ad, they're specifically targeting 17 to 13 years old. Is
3: that real? Yeah. Yeah. Real.
1: Seriously. That's All serious. strategies. Like it's, yeah. it's amazing. Like, you know, just, just going to these lectures or be around those talks, you realize, yeah. It's not just a barista, man. You no. could You could do so much more. And
2: look, the economy, uh, something we're going to be talking about a lot is we don't want people to just be focusing on the next couple of years of their career, right? The global economy is changing. And when I say global economy, I mean the workforce economy as mm-hmm. well as the financial economy and the technological economy. And so we want to be talking about things now like automation and AI, We want to be talking about universal-based incomes and how people are planning for when we have different technological implementations that happen and how you're planning for that. Mm. So the, the workforce economy is absolutely gearing towards entrepreneurship. And so we want to position people for being in the cafe for the first few years of their career and then starting to understand well am i somebody who should be an entrepreneur or am i somebody who should be working with an entrepreneur some people are thinkers and ideas people and innovators and other people are doers you know they they're the person who's going to execute on the vision and so sure if you don't want to be it worked for me to be in a cafe as a barista for 15 years but I was also learning how to be an entrepreneur in the music industry and it served me really, really well. And and in all honesty, every single opportunity I needed in my music business was in, happened in the cafe. No matter where I was working around the world in coffee, uh, while I was doing my music, every single person I needed to meet, I met at a coffee machine. Mm. Because I strategically placed myself in certain cafes that would put me in direct contact with the people that I needed to meet for my music business, mm. and it worked. It absolutely worked. So, you know, and going back to your uh, what you were talking about, Noah, with regards to you know the sciences and things like that, you look at someone like Lucia Solis. Uh, she is she's a, a microbiologist. And she was working in the wine industry and never drank coffee. She hated coffee and she found her way into the coffee industry and she's got a microbiology degree. Yeah. You know, there are there a ton... Of, so many of the brewers I know are scientists. I'm a fucking scientist. I have a genetics degree. Like, so many people who who have these degrees go into coffee because they love coffee but there's so much that you can do with your degree yeah. in coffee, you yeah. know. And, and I do it with... With Elixir, you know, it my science is what I use to to create that brand and the product and and everything around it.
0: There is there is a sense that if you are in the coffee industry you do have to you still do need that sort of entrepreneurial drive because how many how many available set like those type of jobs are available just commonly to baristas. not really like you still need that dedication to, to, to to learn more, to maybe travel to the farms, find out, for example, Capricornia, they have a, an internship program where you can go to their farm in Brazil and learn about the agronomy and the farming. There still needs to be a level of drive that comes from like, there's not just, you can't just jump on seek and say, Oh, there's an agronomy job that you can sort of sign up to. Like there is still an element of, um, where the coffee industry, you still need to search for these things and you need to, which is sort of what Map before is doing, I'm, I'm yeah. assuming. Well, but
1: mapping the way
0: for them. Mapping the way and thing. showing them the opportunities. But it's still, you know, like you go to a bank job and they have all the job roles ready for you. And this, it's still, the coffee industry, I feel like, especially, it's still progressing. And if you do, there is amazing opportunities for everyone. You still need to go out there and, and search for them and find where your place is and what you want and what you're looking for.
2: Yeah, look, there's, you raise a a really interesting, um, interesting. Scenario. Scenario, yeah, and, and an idea, you know, of, we talk a lot about this idea of grit, and grit is determination to achieve a certain outcome, right, and there's a lot of studies being done, psychological studies being done right now on cultivating grit in your teams, um, as as leaders in different generations, how are millennials uh, versed with regards to Greek versus people in Gen X and 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 baby boomers? And I've spent a lot of time understanding this because I hear so many cafe owners be you know constantly bitching about why do I got to high five a barista every fucking time they pull an espresso <laughs> shot.
0: You would
2: have to high-five me, don't no. I? <laughs> <laughs> I had somebody text me as well, like, Lee, do I have to buy gold stars to stick on baristas every time they pull an espresso shot? This shit is getting ludicrous. We never had to do this before. And when people are talking like this, we have to listen. Like, we've got to, we've got to address it. Like, what's really going on here? And so I started doing some research around that and finding out how, many, how prevalent this was. And, and it's real. You know, and, and at the core of it is there's a generational thing that's going on with millennials and and it's this... And there is so much uh, scientific studies on this that grit is something that has been programmed out of the millennial generation. And so not all of them, but the idea is that um, because... I'm going to use an American term here because I can't remember what the Australian term is. What's What do we have that's Little League here? Do we have... Li- you know, like little athletics, yeah, I think routes. it is. Like little athletics, well. I think that's what it is here. But it's like English, a, I think they will get it. Whatever, grass yeah. Roots,
0: so you like little soccer camps. Or, yeah, those
2: uh, kinds of things. Well, they no longer have a winner, <clears throat> right? So they they actually don't keep score, and nobody wins the game. Yeah, yeah. And what's happening the there?
1: Barely won concept.
0: It's it's the being a, like you didn't a, lose, but.
1: You everyone, are, won, everyone, yeah, wins. Everyone. Everyone, everyone wins. everyone wins everyone wins it's yeah. this yeah. so
2: what they're trying to do is they're trying to um, see competition if there's a winner other people are going to feel like their feelings are hurt so we've got to coddle everybody mm. and yeah. what happens in that situation is then when you do something great that's better than everybody else or exceptional with regards to everybody else you don't know what to do with those emotions yeah and and because of this, that's why these baristas need a high five because they've done something better than everybody else and, you know, you get a high five for everything that you do. Yeah. But what what it's not fostering is this idea of how do I strive to achieve something? Like if I want to be the best goalkeeper, right, I, I, someone's got to be giving me some sort of indicator that I can measure from this week to last week of Tell me how many goals I saved or tell me how many goals the other team scored against me and who won. There's, there's none of that. And, and we're now starting to see this many years later as the millennial generation start getting into jobs and becoming, you know, grown adults. They're in their 30s now. And so, well, 20s and 30s. And you can't blame a generation that wasn't taught a certain skill set. Mm. What we do need to do is we need to learn how millennials and Gen Xers can communicate with each other so that Gen Xers can recognise this without feeling like it's a major pain in the ass. And we need to teach them how to foster grit in their team and do it in a way that's win-win without people feeling like they're losers because they don't know how to have determination and they don't know how to have be motivated. You know, what's happening is people are just turning up to work and they're doing their job and they're going home because that's what's expected of them but they haven't been taught how to have grit
0: how much, how much of that is on the business owner for setting the standards of service for setting the culture in the cafe for setting the systems because if all of it if you have someone who's doing the incorrect thing for your business and you're not aware of it you're sort of responsible for that being Look, it, it being your business if you have baristas acting in a way that you don't want to millennials or not
2: it doesn't matter it, the generation yeah. i was just using that yeah. there's a group that that there's scientific evidence yeah. Yeah. that shows that that's the case but on the flip side of mm. that we need cafe owners to step up and get out of this mindset that you know, I'm just someone who owns a cafe, and I can come in whenever, you know, every mm. now and then. And it, it's not <laughs> about that. Yeah. You know, and and if they don't want to be the person that is there all the time, they need to have a leadership strategy that has the manager that's delivering on what the culture is of the cafe. But it is absolutely whoever the leader is uh, or the leadership team are. They need to set a defined and clear understanding to everybody and a communication strategy around what is the culture of this place? What is the behaviour that we require from you and accept from you? And where are the boundaries? Boundaries are huge. We're going to talk a lot about that at the workshops because I feel as though our barrier to entry is so low for this industry and that's something that works for us and against us. You know, having a, a barrier to entry that's so low means that... People don't have to do anything to get into our industry. They come straight from high school, yeah. right? Which means they're not learning anything about professionalism. They're not learning anything about having to get anything delivered on time.
1: Yeah. They don't need uh, a degree. They don't need a degree. Certification. Right.
2: And so, the things the things that a, a degree teaches you is how to get somewhere on time. It teaches you how to how to research things, how to how to deliver an assignment on time, how to achieve. A certain mark and how to strive for excellence right yeah. you're there studying something hopefully that you want to study when we have a barrier to entry that's so low and a lot of people are doing this for a bunch of reasons you know when in this the kind of the outreach that i've done with regards to trying to understand this stuff we're reason- realizing that people come into this industry because they couldn't do anything else and they needed a job that's one
3: yeah.
2: another thing is it's a really great way to be connected to a community very quickly. And that's a really valid reason to join a workforce. Mm. But it's not the reason that will keep you here and keep you as a professional. For long. Because if you are here just for the community, you're the that you're that motherfucker that just wants to grab an iPhone and take selfies and and be insta famous. You're only doing half your job by cultivating community. We need you to be an actual professional that executes on the four things that we define a barista needs to do. Well, and f- as we've defined them, a barista's role is to make beverages, uh, to deliver great customer service, to sell and to clean. Mm. And that's your job as a barista. And you are required to master those four things.
1: In the first two years.
2: In the first two years. you know, And, and our map talks about those things and then what happens in the next part of the map, the next three years, and then how you pivot from there. I would like to see a barista being a barista for five years but doing it really, really well over five years, having this map that goes for five years so that they can understand the third part of the map which is all about leadership, um, leadership or pivoting. So you either pivot into a different part of the industry. You, when you're a barista, you are at the end of the supply chain. When you've decided you want to pivot, the idea is I want to start stepping back further into the supply chain and understanding that. And the way you get a a really well-rounded career and the mindset that I want people to have is if I want a career in coffee, I'm going to be exploring all the different avenues that are involved in the coffee supply chain. And you could have a career for 100 years and still not run out of shit to do. Mm. You know, and and that's how we want people to start viewing it. And if you start as a barista, everything's an opportunity from there. But you have to master the understanding of the end of the supply chain so that you can know how you can affect the rest of the supply chain when you go into it after five years.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. A lot of depths. Yeah, yeah. I'm buzzing. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Y'all should come to the workshop. Yeah, I'll,
0: I'll be there. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure.
2: Yeah, look, we're, we're really jazzed about the information that we're delivering we're excited about it we we think it's really valuable um and and the feedback that we've been getting is outstanding so Uh,
1: i i I think you know i've been we've been listening to it and we've been talking about it a lot since we're preparing it and answering your question you asked me why we want to do this yeah yeah or i think you kind of answered the whole thing it's just (laughs) <laughs> there is not enough information out there to tell whoever is in or getting into the coffee industry what his path is. Okay, you know I think they don't. They, j- I, they either do it because they could see an amazing latte art they could do, mm. uh, which is great. I mean it's an yeah. entry level. It's good to see that. Or they could cup some geishas and they were like, yeah, this right. is this is my thing now. Yeah. Uh, but then they do it for a bit, and then they realize, ah, oh, hard work. Yeah, what I do I, where do I go? Yeah, from what, yeah. where where I go from here? It's not just the geisha that I tried the first time; it's a lot worse than this. Or you know, and I, and us not explaining to them, and even cafe owners, they don't they don't help their own baristas to foster education or to tell them hey I'm gonna invest in you and buy you this book yeah yep. <laughs> really I was really lucky to work for a, for a person before at Circa and for I, I could give him I, a
2: shout
1: out I, I could and mean, Tony I mean both yeah. of them you know and and them just like boom these are books yeah. This yeah. is this, this is that. Yeah, and don't worry about the TDS, she- don't worry about the filters, yeah. just just do TDS every morning. Yeah. Or yeah. don't worry about this. What do you know? I want um a Sinesso higher. Yeah, no problem, we get a Sinesso. You know, you don't find this because no. They don't have that vision of, you know, education knowledge is what's going to make them unique and what they, they offer. They have the
0: opposite. They feel yeah. like if you're too knowledgeable, you're going to leave them. Yeah. So why would they train you? Yeah, exactly. They want to limit your knowledge so yeah. that you stay so you in that position w- for a- the rest of your life. Why? They want to see you
2: grow. And I feel like our industry is run on a lot of fear that way. And that's why we so much talk about this idea of conspiring to each other's success, you know. Stop being scared of someone else doing better than you because let me tell you if somebody else is doing better than you i want you to see that as that's your new bar that's what you want to be aiming for you want to be encouraging everyone to rise so that we can all rise together in taking when someone's successful they've just put in front of you a bunch of ideas of how you can be successful as well i'm so impressed please don't get embarrassed here But I'm so impressed with everything that I've seen about um, CRS and the way that you know I have set a culture here for encouraging your team, for everybody here feels cared about. Everyone cares about each other. And you want people to come in and learn. You want to teach people. You want to encourage them to ask questions. This is a real – and I mentioned this in an email to Scott yesterday – I'm like, you have to see what they're creating here because this is so much more than just a co-roasting facility. This is a place that people can come and feel like they belong to an industry and they feel that they are growing and congratulations to you, oh, man. Thank and, you. As or a proud I wouldn't have done it with friend. the
1: amazing team that I have, that's
2: for sure. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is exactly what a true leader says. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, that's so. that's the thing. A lot of people, we know, if, I mean, what Amadeo was saying is that instead of using the success story to inspire newcomers, even though they, they've let them with a lot, of, a lot of knowledge, they try to limit them so they can don't know a lot of yeah. things. So if they leave, they're still are not as good as they were. But I would rather say to the new guy who is gonna come to the coffee shop, I was like, "Look, this is what happened with this man. Look, look where he is right now. He's yeah. working for great company. If you and me work together, we're gonna be in the same path. Boom, you got yourself an amazing superstar. You know, another another superstar will yep. be born. You know, and I think that's the problem. We don't create. We don't keep creating superstars. Once we have one superstar, that's it. There's no follow up of." Yeah. Who's who's the next generation? There's no coaching. There is no. Well, there is now. Yeah, now there now is. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but before there was You're no coaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, before we do all this.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of. I mean, I, I mean, we we talk about this a lot, and it's sort of changing now. And I think this whole internet culture, which has given a lot of crap, it's also really beneficial because of the access of knowledge that you have available. Hundred percent The communication and the engagement and the amount of communities that you can make outside of your geographical area you can connect to people overseas you can connect to other communities that want to share and it's it's unbelievable and so slowly we're we're educating ourselves and before you know you're in a cafe and there's a couple books that everybody knows but everybody's read them and you want to learn more but your head barista doesn't want you to learn because it's his job and then the cafe owner doesn't want you to learn because then you'll leave and so there's this whole like system that doesn't allow you to progress but yeah i think I think it's it's amazing what what you're doing, what you're saying with the barista, um, cafe owners, and roasters, because I think first of all, I think it's very important for somebody to know if this is what they want to do with their career, first of all. And the only way you can decide that is if you can see the industry as a whole, yeah. because if you don't see it as a whole, you don't know what your opportunities are, you don't know where you can fit in. Well, you're then you have you have, you have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a romantic industry in so yeah, many yeah. different ways. You're right. It's a romantic industry for baristas because they see the glamour of. You know the champions or the glamour of people traveling to brazil and purchasing coffee or the glamour of the instagram celebrities and then it's a romantic industry for people who want to buy a cafe because you know they've never worked in a cafe before and every time that Both they walk know in the cafe yeah. we
2: tell everybody don't do it yeah <laughs> yeah well, well like because
0: i've dealt with people that come in as a customer and they don't because they're not hospitality people they don't understand that the whole point of a hospitality establishment is to make you feel like enchanted. <laughs> <laughs> make you feel enchanted, <laughs> you know, the smell of the food, the service of the waiter, your coffee comes out with a smile, you, well, you know, like it's... It's, 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 it's
2: not just That's a mechanism of it, right? Feeling enchanted. But our job at the end of the day is to welcome you into our home yeah. and have you leave yeah. feeling loved.
1: Yeah. Give you like, the reason to come back. Yeah.
2: You know, yeah. And, and, that's, and being enchanted is a part of that. Yeah. But at the end of the day... Me as the barista, my job is to give you what you want and to have that happen in a way that makes you feeling amazing about yourself. Mm -hmm. And if I can do that, I know that I've earned my boss a customer at about $3,000 a year. And if I can create two or 300 of those that are just buying coffee every day, not only am I making sure that my job is secure, I'm, I'm... Conspiring to the success of my employer's business.
3: Yeah.
2: And when that happens, everybody's happy. The customer's happy. I've got a job and my my employer has got a business. Mm. And when that part of the supply chain is fulfilled, everyone's happy.
1: Well, I think everybody needs to add value somewhere. Yeah. The, the business owner needs to add value to his staff to yeah. give them yeah. the right field to play the right games, you know, and there's... As well, you know, you've got. uh, They have to look at it from any kind of uh, football or soccer team, right? Mm -hmm. You've got. The guy who score goals, the the goalkeeper, you know. I think the business owner yeah, is the goalkeeper. You know, he's that person that save everybody at the end. He's the goalkeeper and
2: the <laughs> chef and the accountant and the, he's exactly. everything on the same yeah, time. Yeah, you,
1: you have to add value to each other, and and everybody need to work in harmony. You know, that's 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 how it is. You know, you cannot take somebody out of the equation, and you can only work with two people. No, everybody is part of it. Yeah, and but we need to educate them how to be part of it.
2: And I think we need to open people's minds to the idea of you don't have to do things the way that everybody does things. In fact, if you do want to rise above what's going on right now, which is an oversaturation in the Sydney and the Melbourne market and a constant under-demand, an under-supply, sorry, of baristas, everyone's always looking for baristas, right? Like if you want to set yourself aside from the other cafes then you need to be approaching your business very differently than the way that other places do that. I yep. had a cafe owner call me while I was in the States. He was here in Sydney and he said, I just don't know how to approach my staff with regards to they want more money. I haven't got any more money for, to pay them and I need to find a way to actually cut my my wager cost. Yep. And looking at a way approaching that from the perspective of how do I cut my wage cost financially is in my mind a very usual way to approach something like that when I see a situation like that the first thing I want to know is tell me about your staff tell me what are their actual needs like people don't just want to go to work and feel shit people don't want to just go to work and feel work the best jobs I've ever had I went to work and I felt connected to everybody that i worked with and i felt like i belonged in a family there and sure it ended at the end of the day but i was psyched to come to work the next day i was psyched to see my customers the next Mm. day i was psyched to learn more about coffee the next day and that was because the people i was working for created an environment where we all cared about each other it was required and they didn't employ people who were assholes. Like they knew we were all the kind, the mindset of the people that were there. They encouraged us towards a certain mindset. They pushed us with regards to education. Yep. They themselves were happy to admit when they didn't know something. And if they didn't know it, we all learnt it together. And they didn't bring people into the team that disrupted that and created a cancerous approach to that. So yeah. when I was speaking to this guy, I said to him, what are you guys doing with regards to cultivating a like a, a belonging environment? And he was like, what do you mean? And I and we started talking about that and I said, so the majority of his team are immigrants. And they'd all been here only for a couple of years, all of them. And I said, listen, man, the thing, when you understand the perspective from which your employees are coming at, you can understand how you can solution anything. Like this is not just about having them come and work for you and your business and and make you money so that you can pay your bills this is about this idea of well how can I have them want to show up every day for a long time because my customers want that my customers want to see the same faces every time yep. and so what we realised okay. was having an immigrant based um, workforce a lot of them are disconnected from feeling community and they just... A currency... And we talk a lot about life currencies... But a currency to them is this sense of connectedness. And so I said to him... You need to start having family dinner once a, m- once a week. At the end of service... On your last shift every week... Everyone... You buy dinner for everyone... You sit in the store... You have some beers... And you no one talks about work. And it's a way of cultivating something that they look forward to... That isn't work... Yeah. Every single week. And... And an immigrant workforce are so disconnected from a routine that they would normally have with their family. And I'm happy to say that it's working really well for him. Amazing. But that's something that you don't need money to do something like that. Yeah. That's about, oh, I give a lot of fucks about my workforce. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a way of doing things differently. I think you touched on a really good point on a few conversations, just tying it up together. It is a different generation coming forward in today's day and age through the workforce. And so the, the 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 millennial generation that's coming through in the cafes have to be treated differently for longevity in the workforce. It's not the same as my my father who would want to work for a company for, for 20 years and he knew he was gonna be you know taken care of and he he was he was in love with that. As long as the company had the brand name, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, millennials now it's different and I'm a, I'm a millennial too and I'll tell you myself when we come into your workforce, we want to know that you're a true leader. We want to know exactly what you've done and what you're doing to, to, to put yourself up. You have to prove yourself as much as we have to prove, prove to you. And maybe that sometimes comes off as a, as an arrogance. But if, if, if you can show us that leadership and that guidance and that effort, I can guarantee you we'll work harder than anybody else out there. And it is a different mentality and it is a different, um, it's, it's a different work ethic, uh, sometimes. and, I think it's it's gauging to personalities as much as generations because I think personalities within generations are very different um, and people are very different within generations even though there is overarching um, themes but it is definitely something that the old ways may not work for now and you have to try and figure out what works for now if there's a lot of baristas jumping ship if there's they're still jumping ship within the coffee industry. So they still want to make coffee. They're jumping from cafe to cafe to cafe to cafe to cafe. What are we doing wrong in the cafes to sustain?
2: And it's really interesting that you say that. It's not just what are we doing wrong in the cafes? It's what are we doing as an industry that's not adjusting to the change in culture? Mm. And nothing is a linear problem. This is a really complex situation that we have here. And it's not a one-way solution. So not only do the Gen Xs that are running these companies have to realize the way that millennials approach things, millennials have to understand the way Gen Xs approach things. And Mm -hmm. it's not until we start, again, conspiring to each other's success and Gen Xs understanding that, sorry, and millennials understanding, well, this is the way that Gen X operated. Yep. I have an opportunity to work for some pretty incredible people if I can if I start learning how to find them. And we're gonna teach you how to do that at the workshops. Yep. Right, but if you can start understanding how to choose the right Gen X employer for you. Yep, yep. Not only are you going to learn a lot, but you're going to thrive. And that's the goal. The goal is for you to want to go to work every day, and not feel bored. Hmm. But also understand that And this is very important for people to understand. Not everything is going to be new and shiny every day. Yeah. And that's something that we've found really difficult for millennials to accept. You'll hit a point in your map, in your career map, and it usually comes as you're entering the mid-career years, which is the second phase of your map, where everything is boring because you, you think you know how to do it all by then, right? You know how to make a V60, you know how to pull an espresso shot, your latte art's down. That's the point of the first part of your map, your puppy years. Like you are supposed to become a master at the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. But then the middle part of your map, which I think is the hardest because there's nothing new and shiny in there. It's building on the fundamentals of what you've learned. And that is about how do I get better and how do I keep getting better? But nothing's new and shiny. And that's where the millennials struggle because it doesn't keep their interest constantly. Mm. And so the focus there is, well, how do I keep this in- interesting for myself when it's hitting that plateau? And I think that's, a, that's the biggest challenge that millennials face because after that, they start going into leadership. They start becoming a head barista. They mm-hmm. start becoming cafe managers or they decide to pivot to something else. Then it gets all exciting again. But it's that three years in the middle from year three to year five that there's a reason we see that as the part that most baristas exit out of the coffee industry because they're not realising that, oh, this is this is the hard part. And they haven't gotten comfortable with being a part of the hard yeah, part.
0: Yeah, like when they're learning, they're excited and then suddenly right. when it becomes a, an actual profession, when you have to sort of fine tune your skills and
2: yeah. yeah, I get it. And I think if we can tell them this is what you should expect, then they can push through.
1: Well, at least they're ready for it. Exactly. Right? <laughs> they're prepared to like, yeah. oh, maybe I should choose the right employers in that. Exactly. And that three years. Yeah, so.
2: and and what you should, what what i say to people is during that time sure you're you're building on the skills i get it but the other thing that you can be doing is you can be working for people that you want to observe from afar you know choosing leaders in businesses even though you're not going to be working directly with them being around those people gives you exposure into the kind of human you want to evolve into Mm -hmm. and that's just so beautiful exactly you know, so that when you are looking to become a leader yourself, you've been role-modelled, even from afar, by the right people. Mm. And it's really, really important.
0: And in a way, everyone's a leader, right? Like, in a way, everybody oh, I've has. I've seen some
2: people who are absolutely not fucking leaders. Oh, <laughs> like, they, like, They're the leader of their own destiny. Everyone,
0: everyone can be a leader within their own job role, whether you're a barista, right. whether you're a head barista, whether you're a manager, whether you're a cafe owner. And leadership doesn't always go downwards leadership also goes upwards so you can you can show leadership to your head barista if there's things that your head barista does, do you mean
2: leadership or initiative
0: leadership so if your if your head barista doesn't see things that you see that you think might be beneficial for the business as a leader within the company in a way it is your duty to to talk to the head barista and maybe help him see things that he might not see that you think are beneficial. that's taking leadership that's taking initiative I think one of the greatest things that I figured out for myself was just that. It's not always leadership for the people that are below you. Sometimes it's also people above you need that support and people above you need that. And if you start thinking in that way, instead of you being taken care of everyone else, it's you starting to think about other people's problems and other people's roles and how you can support them in their job and how to make them successful. That for me is the biggest thing that will help you to towards your success in anything you do in life.
2: I agree. And I think that the... That businesses that are cultivating that kind of philosophy, you know, you do that here, um, that give employees the initiative to be in their own lane. You know, as a barista, my job is to execute to the, the highest degree of excellence. And if there's a gap that I can see, I know the clear direction to start talking to somebody about that. It's a, you know, that's about communication strategy and leadership. And the, the best employers clearly define that. And they give people the opportunity to speak about what they're doing. Skorio did a really great thing when he had his cafes. He had the second highest revenue grossing independent cafe in the US. It was massive numbers that they were doing. And, and he said to his staff, um, everyone's ideas are welcome. You just can't tell them to me during service. Mm. So they would have... <laughs> <they would> you'll <laughs> have uh, jungle. Can you hey, a jungle. I think this is ro- hey, hey, <laughs> hey, you're come on right over. Hey bro. <laughs> yeah. I think that we should pull our ristrettos. Can you imagine? <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, and so, he, so he, would, he would create a space you know, during team meetings when they would present their ideas. Everything was a valid option because you never know what comes out of it. Even if the idea that you're talking about doesn't seem valid, the team discussion that cultivates around that might lead to a solution uh even if even if it's one of those things where you're the only one that's having that problem nobody else is having that problem everyone then (coughs) conspires to help you figure out how you can unfuck up that thing right but then if it's valid they blind test it like everything's an option and and it's not scott that decides it you know, they they try both options and they cup everything or they taste everything the blind.
1: I think way. just the culture, the way it's, it's driven, just know, yeah. and that's
2: that's true leadership, right? It's not about oh he gets the final say on everything. It's like is this logical? How does it taste? Mm. Like it's all on really subjective. Like it's just logical and and open to the the science behind it rather than the opinions behind it.
1: I think I've, when I was studying at university, I want to talk about. Um, companies who foster entrepreneurship yeah. culture and i you're think you're very
2: good at that Noah. And,
1: and i think thank you and i think this is where you're coming from is that yes you can get the the little guy or the startup barista telling the head barista uh what they think they are and what they could achieve better uh i think having the head barista or the cafe owner not resisting that mm-hmm. you yeah. Or is the type of leadership Having within the themselves humility exactly to, to say, person. you know what? I think you're right. Let's give it a go, even though we don't know what's gonna happen later. But right. let's give it a go, and that's that's a culture of entrepreneurship. That right. everybody wanna be part of that decision making. Yeah. Can I add
2: something to that? A lot of the time in workplaces, there's a lot of tension that comes around that kind of specific thing, mm. where you've got someone who's possibly lower on the pecking order. Giving their opinions, right? And then, uh, so say a, a new barista has an opinion and he tells the head barista, the head barista's pissed off with that because who the fuck are you? You've been here 10 minutes, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Now, if we don't value everybody's input, we're losing yeah. so much, right? But if in a workplace we have a clearly defined culture of teaching people how to communicate their ideas that isn't threatening, all of the sudden we've removed all that tension Mm -hmm. so that when we come to team meetings, everyone's ideas are valid. And we teach our employees how to communicate those ideas. So going to a head barista at 9 o'clock in the morning when everyone's getting bent over and going to him and saying, hey, do you think that we should maybe pull this shot at like 50 seconds? Have we ever tried that? Like... Fuck off, I don't really need to be talking <laughs> about this right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's a teachable moment too. Like if the if the culture is that we teach everybody how to give feedback and how to receive feedback because that's important as well. Mm. Yep. If we can if we can start those conversations and we can teach workplaces how to have that open-minded conversation with your staff and a strategy in place. We're going to alleviate a lot of the tension that happens in workplaces and perhaps start to, these ideas that like get squashed at the ceiling, at, at the floor, we can perhaps cultivate them a little bit more so that they grow into something that could perhaps be really valuable for the business.
0: Mm. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, definitely. I think communication is, resolves so many problems. In any sort of yeah, relationship, yeah, we do
2: it so fucking badly in yeah, our th- industry.
1: Yeah, and I think well, I, th- I think we need we need a, a business management book just to outlay <laughs> a few things. Yeah, like yeah. talk about culture.
2: Yeah, professional. That talks
1: talks about yep What's one? Another very really important one, change management, like resistance. Yeah, how can you overcome resistance within a team of two people? Sometimes two people can create yeah. so Absolutely. much conflict, yeah. and that's all. Ego and i will be for. like. Bro, you only have two people to manage.
2: Yeah. <laughs> to, to, to an ex- you don't know how to do it. No. You know? Well, it's, it's ego that gets into a lot of that. And, and honestly, this is where the gender thing comes in. You know, when you have a small team, if it's all testosterone or if it's all estrogen, it becomes a problem. When we have things that are balanced with regards to diversity, diversity whether it be race, whether it be gender, whatever... The studies have shown that you absolutely end up with better success the more diversity that you have. Yep. Oh, 100%. And it's purely because people who have different diversities or, or people who come from different diversities see things with different perspectives. Yep. And if you can add to that, showing those people how to communicate with each other you're On onto gold, yep. hmm. that's absolutely, I gold think that's right what we're missing
1: in this. In other industries, are able to do that, you know. There's other industries were able to uh, put a lot of people together from different ethnic groups, yep. different, you know, uh, gender. But in the coffee industry, we're still struggling to understand the concept first,
2: yeah. And I don't know why. Uh, That's such a problem, honestly. Um, Mm. I I was flabbergasted going to the US and seeing how many women there are in coffee. Uh, It was really strange to me because there's not here.
1: There's more women there. So
2: many women in coffee there. So many more women. Don't get me wrong, they experience the same kinds of sexual harassment, the same kind of intimidation, the same kind of all of it that we um, experience here but just at a lower degree because they're building numbers you know there are there are more women leading in coffee over there it still needs a fuck ton of work but they're ahead of us over there mm.
1: um again goes down that we're not really explaining the opportunities no we have and, in coffee
2: and look all. i really hope that it comes through at the at the workshops that It is really important to the success of our industry that we really have a focus on diversity and that men are learning how to encourage women to step into leadership roles because until we get women in leadership roles, we're not going to achieve the success that we potentially could as an industry. Until we embrace all kinds of diversity, uh, we're just not going to see it. You know, a really great example of this is Toby's Estate, the stuff that Cosimo did for Toby's Estate... When he got in, he started, uh, he got a woman, um, uh, Steph Giorgio. He brought her in to sort out the warehouse. And operations. the operations manager over there. And the thing that she immediately did was make it so that anybody that worked in the warehouse, it didn't matter what gender you were, you could be a roaster there. Nobody picks up a coffee bag anymore. Uh, uh, nobody carries them. So, so how
1: do they do it? They have
2: machinery that does all of it now. Oh, okay. They have figured out ways. And, and look, again... It's funny because
1: I was going to say because the bags were too big, that's why women <laughs> didn't get into <laughs> the coffee. <company>.
2: <laughs> but, but that's a barrier to that's entry for women, right? Yeah, because it was a 70 kilo r- bag. Yeah. Gonna yeah. Do
1: and, and a lot of roasters are actually small and they can't afford yeah. automation. Yeah. Know. Automation is freaking expensive. It is people. expensive,
2: but that's why something like Collective Roasting Solutions is awesome because you know as you guys grow we are
1: investing in p- all exactly
2: things, of course. yeah you. and and that's where it becomes a thing of well this is an opportunity for women roasters to come and be a part of this Look, men shouldn't be carrying 70 kilo bags no one should be carrying 70 kilo bags it's not good for your back it's I'm, just i e- really
1: don't want to i know you it. don't it. <laughs>
2: i know you don't and that's why i'm saying like we should be finding ways to make this a safer environment in every single way. And and Toby's estate were really, um, you know, say what you want about them, but this was one thing that they really did quite well. You know, they have a 50% male-to-female ratio of work, workforce now, which is huge. Um, they were a very machismo kind of um, workplace before, and now they're finding a lot of wins from the fact that well when Cosmo was there anyway they were finding a lot of wins from the fact that they had instilled that into, into their kind of hiring philosophy mm. and, and again he, when I spoke to Cosmo about it I said so are you just hiring women to hire women because I'm against that I'm absolutely against having a balanced workforce just because you need women in the workplace to balance out the men like no go and find the right women there are yeah. plenty of them out there.
0: Because it's those two things. It's what you mentioned, Noah. You put an ad out and you'll get 20 guys applying, you'll get one woman. And then the woman that applies does not have the personality or the experience to to take the job role. So it's how do we create an environment to support women who want to come in? Maybe the environment isn't supportive of, of women. Maybe they get scared because of the or or the tension or, or I'm not sure. So it's because, yeah, because... It's, it's 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 not easy it's it's no. not it's not it's not easy either like i've worked with a lot of different places where they do want to hire females but then they'll, they'll they'll open up and the ones that do come through you know they're traveling or you know they've it's it's a high pace espresso bar and they're looking for someone with a bit more experience and they can't just put someone who, who has no so it's it's the people that we're attracting as well sometimes how can we create or how can we change that so that we do. We can support the females that are out there that sort of want to, want to join the workforce.
2: And if you want an answer to that, I would say do what Alex Kuhn did years ago. Um, it, and it didn't end up working out because I was going somewhere else, but he was looking specifically for a female barista. This is Alex from Mecca in King Street. He was specifically looking for a female barista and went looking for one. He didn't, like, just put the word out. He started visiting espresso bars and looking for female baristas and was proactive about it. Then he found me and offered me a job, but I was about to move to the US, so it didn't work out for us. But I was ridiculously flattered. He was, as far as I was concerned, the best barista in Australia. Mm. And so for him to reach out to me and say, I want you to come work for me, was a huge honour just to be asked. So for anyone who's looking to hire women, go and find them, they are out there. Hmm. They are absolutely out there, go to events, find women who are engaging with other people and you think have the right attitude. Look, my whole philosophy with regards to hiring is that we have to find a way to help people look for the right match as an employer and, and empower employers to not hire just anybody, like hire someone who's a right fit for the culture that you've defined for yourself.
3: Hmm.
2: The problem there is a lot of employers don't wanna go to the trouble of defining what their culture is. And because of that, they just hire anyone who's looking for a job. And a lot of the time, it's mostly men.
1: I mean, it's it's okay if if you hire anybody. At least ask them the question: What do you? How do you look in yourself in one year? Or at least see what their vision and maybe mm. go and say, "Yeah, you know what? I will invest in you. How about if I help you to do one, two, three, four, five? Yeah. You know."
0: And different different people have different needs and wants. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like within
1: yeah. within
0: the same generations, different people have different needs and wants. Some people want. Um, want to learn other people want financial other people yeah. want stardom you know they want to they seem like the star so different understanding what everybody wants and helping them achieve their version of success I think is really important and I don't know I've, I've never had those sort of well I mean with Noah we have them all the time but with in like a cafe world. Nobody asks me, hey, what do you want want to be in two (laughs) years? Yeah. Uh,
1: Hey, let's let's put a plan. A (laughs) roaster. No, nobody asks us. but But we
2: talk about that all the time in the workshops to employers. It's like, we ask them, how many people do you interview? And this is rife in the US. When you interview people, how many people actually ask you questions as the employer? Never. They never get asked anything. They never get asked like, what's your buying philosophy with regards to roasted coffee? Uh, What's the culture here? What's Mm. your approach to sexual harassment? Like, they never get asked these questions. We need to empower baristas to learn how to find the right employer for them. And we need to empower employers to find the right baristas. Like, what do you want to be doing in two years from now? Okay, if I'm just looking for a barista that would just show up, do the fucking job, go home and not even care about posting about the fact that they're proud to work for me or not if i know that that's what i'm looking for i know how to ask those questions Hmm. right i don't want to go and hire the barista who's looking at being the rock star barista and i need you to put me on your instagram and i need you to 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 send me to competitions and whatnot but you know what there is an employee out there that is absolutely going to fit the job that you want to do
1: just look for that you
2: ha- That's what you have to know how to select for And you have to know how to put that in an ad Yeah So that you're culling the amount of work that you do mm. It's really important for people And I know a lot of this stuff There, there are going to be cafe owners out there That are listening and thinking oh, I don't fucking have time to think about all of this stuff You need to make time Because I promise All of that stress that's happening to you right now Is going to be alleviated When you have the right people working for you
1: well, I think we should we should then you know what I, I, again we should tell them what is culture what is artifacts what is what is all this so that how do they know how to build something Well they need
2: to come to the workshop exactly like you know we
1: need th- we need them there yeah. We, yeah. yeah
0: but if you if you look at one of the biggest costs for a business it is um employee retention the the tr- the, the cost of training someone the cost of lack of efficiency uh, the the missed income like the, the, the longer you can keep your employee, the more skilled your employee can be, the, the more efficient your operations are, the the more success you're going to have in a cafe. And the, the larger the turnover, the more inconsistency it's... Well, it doesn't it, work this, for anyone. This, this
1: costs you a yeah,
2: lot
0: more than you think. it just costs you so much more. Like the fact that you say, I don't have enough time for this. Well, maybe you don't have enough time, but you're going to have to pay for it. Either you dedicate time to it and you sort it out and then it, you, you avoid later later obstacles or you just don't worry about it and then you just deal with high employee turnover Mm. which no one wants to deal with
2: and this is why i spend a lot of my consulting time convincing people not to open cafes because we want the right people opening cafes if we can have the right people opening cafes and limiting the number of people that shouldn't be opening cafes from opening cafes we're going to start a better we're going to start seeing a better better supply chain exactly right? And so when, when people in the US um, hire me and say, like, help me, help me open a cafe, um, I, never th- I never really do that kind of work with regards to, I just want to open a standard cafe. It's, that shit's too boring for me. It's when someone wants to do something really innovative that I'm the person that you call. And what happens with that, I sit them down and say, listen, this is not the time for you to open a cafe. You're in the IT industry. You've got about a million bucks that you've got to play with. I want you to keep your day job and I want you to go and get a job as a barista on the weekend. Feel it
1: first. Understand I, want, the concept. I
2: want you to go and feel the pain of having to work seven days a week and I want you to understand the pain points of your baristas and the cafe owner by seeing what they have to experience yeah. and go and find a job in a cafe in the community that you want to open your cafe in and do that for six to 12 months and then come back to me and then tell me if you still want to do this
0: you just saved him a million dollars exactly (laughs) if anything you made him money because you got paid to work so Uh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) and because a lot of people seem to think that it's super easy to do this right but if we can get less people opening cafes that are going to go bankrupt in six months and it's happening so much right now in the u.s People and are here. opening cap and, and here.
1: here. Every, I think every 10, uh, one survive, is it? I, I have no idea where or? that number came from. No, but, but there's I like have some a Facebook meme no, that's no, no, going around. No, I heard Did you numbers just, numbers. just go on Silver Chef, <laughs> man? just yeah, no, <laughs> have a look at the uh, heard something used similar to that. equipment? That's it. Mm-hmm. That would tell you so much about yeah. what's going on, you know?
2: And it's just, it's really important that we start getting smarter as an industry of... You know, a barista decides, fuck this, I don't want to be a barista anymore, I'm going to open my own cafe. Bro, what have you learnt about leadership? What have you learnt about managing books?
3: Yeah.
2: What have you learnt about people management? Yeah. You can't open a business just because you're sick of being a worker. Yeah.
1: Oh, your espresso is really good.
2: Yeah, that's the other one. <laughs> I'm a shit barista, I should own a business. Well, let me tell you, you as a shit barista are never going to get to be a shit barista <laughs> if you're a cafe owner.
1: Yeah, that's it.
2: That, that's what it comes down to. So I think, you know, this three day we decided we're calling it a symposium now, because uh, that's what it kind of is. But this three day symposium is is everything that you're going to want to need to start planting the seeds of the future of your career in or your business longevity in the coffee. Or well, the
1: future of the coffee.
2: Yeah, yeah. it has
1: to be in the right hands. Though. Yeah, we cannot be Absolutely. with the wrong hands. As simple as it gets. Yeah, it's so like friend of mine. Ah, oh, should we go? Like, no, we st- stop. We're not selling cheap, cheap coffee anymore. We're not because the whole industry is falling down because of people yeah. thinking that Absolutely. way. Absolutely, and you we know? talk
2: about that a lot um, with regards to defining your buying strategy, or your buying philosophy. You know, are you and by defining your buying philosophy. That's another way that you can understand who the employees you should be attracting into your uh, into your business are. Like if you're somebody who's decided, fuck this, I just want to sell commodity coffee, you shouldn't be trying to attract specialty baristas. Mm. And if you're a specialty barista, you should know how to ask someone what your buying philosophy is so that you're not working for someone who's selling, I went to mention a brand name there, but I won't, but <laughs> commodity coffee. Mm. You know, they, they sound really logical. It sounds so, like, straightforward and, you know, people out there might be thinking, but that's just logical, Lee. Well, for anyone who's thinking that, I promise you, a lot of people don't think this way.
1: It's actually happened to me. I was like, when I wanted to work at Brewtown, I had a chat with Charles. Uh-huh. And Charles goes, yeah, we buy from MCM, we buy from Nordic Approach and stuff, you know, like, wow, yeah. Nordic Approach. Yeah. I want to roast this coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and this it, and is why I left Circa and I went to Brewtown because I wanted to, you know, educate myself with a new culture, new place, see what is it all about, try different coffee, you know, uh, look at the way they he, Charles was doing business, and I really enjoyed the time over there. Even though mm-hmm. been like, don't work on this roaster, it's horrible.
2: It was yeah, i've I mean heard it was like, horrible things about that yeah i know no, no. <laughs> even scott
1: ray i was <laughs> like nah i <laughs> yeah, think I should buy that new was I heard it, from. <laughs> <laughs> it was <coughs>
2: yeah and i from tons of people that that was a really it was a monster of a machine to
1: man i have got it you, i bought it again so. did you really is yeah, it here yeah it's not here but it's in the other warehouse yeah so. wow I love this roast. It's my favorite, man. I was able to produce amazing coffee out of this. You're I was a very good
2: roaster,
1: no I was able then to produce coffee anywhere you put me, you know, That's what I say, my guys. If you can produce a good coffee, <laughs> 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 yeah. actually, you'll be fine on any other machine, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you got to give them a challenge, you know. So, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> I li-
2: I like that approach. Oh well, yeah, guys. Cool. I
0: think that was that was that was a good chat. Um, Before we finish to wrap it up, yeah, yeah just no give one. us
1: one sentence, one sentence about map it forward. Just one sentence, so we can. I think I know what it. sentence it is. We yeah. yeah. go <laughs>
2: conspire to each other's success. Yeah, You uh, actually knew finish that. Finish
1: it off. Yeah, it's a tag <laughs> it's, it's uh, my ta- yeah, tagline. Yeah, it's our tagline. Like it's, it, yeah. it
2: just says everything that we're about.
1: Yes, exactly. Well, well, thank for you, Leah. I um, yeah, it was really good. It was very intense conversation. You look so
2: surprised.
3: Drank so much water. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) It's all right. Well, thank you guys. guys. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Lee. Um, Cheers, guys. bye. Bye.
3: Peace.